Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling In podcast. My name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? That is correct. I'm doing very well, despite looking like Frankenstein. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I just wish you'd washed your hair. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Same here. Same here. Oh, dear me. Well, this week... <laughs> Sorry. This week... Josh's. <laughs> this week, JJ, we start with the uh, with the Leicester game. What we were at on Saturday. Um, what a fantastic game! What what uh, I was, I, do you know what I've I've knowing we were recording tonight, and tonight is uh, Wednesday night. Um, after the game on Saturday, I've been trying to think of anything constructive rather than criticism. Criticize. I'll say, but I, I can't really think of anything, JJ. Oh, how about you? Um, that's a very negative way to look at it. You should be thinking about the positives and remembering the good times rather than desperately trying to say something constructive. Um, I've not finished my comment yet. Okay, <laughs> no, here we go. Worry. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Um, <clears throat> yeah, what what a day. Uh, it felt, it was quite uh, quite a big occasion in a way when you think back to the fact that when we last played Leicester, it was a 4-0 yep. loss and it felt like a massively low point for the club. Steve Cooper was sort yep. of hanging on by Fred. It sort of looked like all our hopes had been dashed and we weren't gelling and the whole 23 new players getting signed seemed like it was going to be impossible. So the U-turn from that place to this place, uh, I think it was quite um, quite important really. And it was nice to see that Steve Cooper himself echoed that and even showed the players a video of him, of, of the fans singing his name during that. So, uh, yeah, it, it felt like a really important moment. Um, I think we're unbeaten in like six or seven at home now. That might not be true, but it just feels it's like... No, it, no, no, yeah. It feels like everything's heading in the right direction. So, I mean, we can de- delve into the game a bit more, but I'm intrigued to hear your the end, end of your comment, what constructive things you have to say. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it, it, so there was no constructive things. The end of the comment is just that it was just fantastic. I mean, I, I think I'm probably on my own in saying that I think the first half was probably better than the second half. I thought first half we were, I don't know, some of, some of the some of the attacking play we had, one touch, moving it around the corners. I'm really, really, really enjoying um, the kind of left-hand side of the pitch when... Froiler comes across, so it's Lottie, Mangala, Froiler. Um, who was it this week? Was it who was playing left wing? Was it kind of Gibbs White, wasn't it? With Scarper in the middle. That kind of, I don't know, it just seems really, really, really to, to, to be gelling. And it is just fantastic to see. Um, it felt a bit of a sliding doors moment, um, very similar to last season, in my opinion, where we came back from, I don't know if it was, I think it was an international break around Easter when we played Blackpool away and when we won 4-1. And that, I remember being, that was the that was the game where I genuinely started to think we could actually get promoted. And and I know we lost to Man United. I know we've, we've had the Chelsea game, but this was the game where, this is the first game at home since the World Cup where we've been, you know, you know this is a, almost a kind of must win. Uh, and not only did we win, we also played absolutely fantastically. Um, every player showed up. Brennan Johnson got a brace. Morgan Gibbs White is looking like an absolute bargain. Um, oh, one one bad thing did happen, didn't it? Um, Dean Henderson. Uh, we were sat in Upper Bridgeford, 
obviously we, we saw him take the goal kick and he essentially immediately take a tumble afterwards. But um, I mean, even a positive that comes out of that is that he played on. You know, we'd, we'd made the substitution so we couldn't bring anyone on. Um, just, yeah, you know, there's going to be a bit of a kind of a drama moment of having Joe Worrell in goal at the end. But even that, it's just, I don't know, it's a consummate performance, JJ. Yes, um, you sort of very much condensed the entire game into a, about a minute there. So mm. I've got a few points that I'd like to speak about. Go on. Um, number one. Uh, f- full, full credit to Renan Lodi and Serge Aurier. Um, yep. They That's were good. on fire. Lodi's first touch is fucking incredible. And some of the balls that he was delivering, you know, absolutely unreal. Um, <clears throat> I just, sorry, just before you move on to two, which of the two were your man, would have, would have been your man of the match out of Lodi and Aurier? I know Aurier got it in the ground, but which one would you have picked? If it was out of the two of them or out of the team, out of the two of them? Uh, probably Lodi, actually. I, I thought Aurier was really good. Aurier was everywhere. When he was announced as player of the match, I was slightly surprised. I thought, well, I assumed it would be Johnson or Gibbs-White. But the fact that you could make a very good case for both Aurier and Lodi, despite two players mm. getting two assists, two goals, shows just how good they were. Um, yeah. So my first point is they are incredible. Uh, my yeah. second point is Remo Freuler is an unsung hero. Um, I yeah. keep seeing a few people on Twitter saying he doesn't do much or that he'd be the first one to be <laughs> dropped, but the amount of ground he covers no. and the amount he makes his tick is incredible. Um, yeah. If it was me and I had to drop any of them for Danilo, which I don't think will happen for a while, um, but it would be Mangala, who is very good, but can't complete 90 minutes and also has a few stray passes, but that's just me being overly critical. Because when he plays, he is very, very good. Uh, Scarpa. Yeah, I, oh, sorry. Go on. Sorry, no. I was just going to reinforce your point on on Freuler. I think he is one of the most important players on the pitch. It's not just in winning the ball back. It's not just being in the right place at the right time. It's not just being a solid base. He's that he's clever when he's still got it as well. So he wins that ball back. He intercepts. He does whatever he does to get the ball. And it's not just uh, give it to someone better. He is that someone better already. So he, we're, we're skipping ahead a pass, if that makes sense. We don't have to wait for it to go forward or to the side or whatever. He's already, the ball is already at the feet of somebody capable, which which is a huge, huge plus for when we start to go forward. Yeah. Um, my next point, I think point number three, I've already lost count. Uh, Scarpa, uh, he was, I thought he settled in really well. I think he's been thrust into that position. If Taiwo was fit, he wouldn't be, he'd be on a separate program and he'd be eased in a bit more. But to yeah. give the fact he's thrust in, I thought he did very well. Um, so full respect to him. He pinged some lovely balls, had some lovely feet. Um, didn't always pay off, but I think he, he tried really hard. He actually, he does try and he does try and win the ball back and he puts mm. himself about. I think he was just knackered. So I thought he looked really good. Uh, yep. Gibbs White, you've already mentioned, looked phenomenal. He's got to be a future England player. The ball is just sticking to him at the minute. He's riding his own look and some of the balls in his vision is incredible. So fair play. Mm-hmm. Really important two goals for Brennan Johnson to get. I think that's going to be key. You told me last week that he's playing himself into form and I think that is that moment. His confidence will be skyrocketed by these two goals particularly the fact that the second one was an incredible finish the first one he did really well to reach 
uh, the the ball before um, Ward, who's shocking, but mm. he did really well. But the second one in particular, I mean, great work from Gibbs White, but what a finish from Johnson. Um, probably the goal of the season so far for me. I think it was incredible. Uh, I'll get through the next few points quickly. Warren and McKenna, um, I thought I had a really good game. It's nice to see that again. I think McKenna's more used to playing alongside Worrell as usually he's been playing alongside Cook. Not always the best. I think there's a few occasions where Worrell maybe left his man, but we weren't punished for it, so it doesn't matter. Maybe something to tighten up. Uh, Harvey Barnes missed a glorious chance. It's either Oreo or Worrell that let that slip, but he didn't capitalise on it. So who cares? But those two look good. So it looks like um, a nice little replacement for Bolly, who I thought had done really well. Dean Edson, mm. fantastic as always. Really scared to see him go down. I thought it was very funny when you saw him literally screaming and waving his arms like that at our age, as if to say, "Please don't pass the ball to me because I'm dead." Yeah, our age still yeah, pass yeah. the ball to him. I thought that's hilarious. <laughs> I thought we was going to get Joe Worrell in goal. Quite funny. And sorry to wrap, to sort of carry on. This would be my last point, uh, really. In fact, I've got another point after, which is separate from the actual game. But this is my last on-field point. If you think that the only reason we won in the second half is because Ryan Yates was off and therefore we're better without Ryan Yates, that isn't true. The reason we played better in the second half or possibly won it without Ryan Yates is because we changed system and had Surridge in there who came on and played really well and held the ball up and made things tick. It was nothing to do with Ryan Yates not being on. We're not a better team without Ryan Yates. It was just because we had Surridge fill that void instead. I have a slightly different opinion on that. Go on, hit me. Uh, I think it's because, so I, I, I alluded to it earlier where I basically, well, I didn't allude to it, I said I thought we played better in the first half and I stick by that. I think actually we didn't play as well in the second half and I think Leicester came on to us, which allowed us to score two counter-attacking goals. That's my opinion. Yeah, but nothing to do with Ryan Yates and I'm seeing people say, no, no. look what happens, you take Ryan Yates off and score two goals and I just think that is such a silly yeah. way of looking at the, it and it's not true. It's not right. So The last, the last, kind of the month before the World Cup and since the World Cup Ryan Yates has been back to classic Ryan Yates in my opinion he's been phenomenal so yeah, yeah I, I completely disagree with anyone who's saying that so. yeah I yeah I mean you're entitled to your own opinion obviously you're just fundamentally wrong um, and then my last point which was separate to the uh, actual on-field game his I was sat next to Jacob um, stood up applauding Forrest sat down in the random bloke next to me took one look at my legs when he tried to sit down and said, you greedy bastard, look at the size of those thighs. So I'm now scarred for life. I never want to go back to the city ground ever because I'm now officially scarred for life. He did have a point. I am a fat bastard, but still brutal. Anyway, sorry. If, I, anyone's, uh, if anyone's wondering what a thigh is, it's a thigh. It's that thing that's, that's the same thing I said. Not he said thigh. I live in Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that's my that's my longer version of the Leicester game. Sorry that I rambled on, but I just thought it was the first time in a while that I feel like we've had a complete performance in yeah. in ninety minutes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think the I think the the Chelsea game we were quite close to that. Um, just lacked a, a ruthless touch. I mean, ruthless is the best way to describe those two Brennan goals. Uh, it was great actually to see. I don't know if anyone was in the ground who else noticed that before the first goal was actually awarded, uh, Steve Cooper was celebrating for about five seconds before the referee yeah. even put the whistle to his lips, which is interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it was. I mean, Harvey Barnes did have those two chances. I think 
Uh, both of those came from not necessarily mis- well. The second one came from mistake, didn't it? From McKenna, a bit of a poor pass into Froiler. But I think uh, both of those came. Harvey Barnes caught Worrell and Aurier. Aurier was looked like he was on the attack, so he's technically Aurier's man, but he's caught in between Worrell and Aurier. If you know what I mean, so it's one of those ones where probably blameless as as it comes to to Barnes, but the the blame lies at whoever loses the ball. Anyway, it was it was it was an unreal cross to find him in the first place. So oh, that all Brighton one, yes, yeah, absolutely not unbelievable. That. Yeah, and I don't know who played him in for the second one. But um, thank you for not playing Jamie Vardy instead. Cheers, lads. Uh, I've got to say, I, th- I think Leicester in general were really, really poor. Um, Luke Thomas, had, I mean, it was nice of them to let him on the pitch for a bit. It was really kind of them, but maybe they should try playing some actual footballers. Um, the fans were really quiet. Uh, thought it was a poor showing. Really enjoyed mm. the Jamie Vardy, your wife is a grass chant as well so yeah <laughs> yeah was, to say it's supposed to be a big derby and a rivalry rivalry which it isn't uh, I just thought it was really poor and we outshone them as always I do I do wish that the the TV coverage and that would stop playing it up as a rivalry you know I'm not saying I, I think it's more of a rivalry than I think a lot of Forest fans would say but it's not a East Midlands derby or anything like that in my opinion it's a no it's a rivalry because derby aren't in the same league but we won, we got three points, we oh moved five points clear of relegation, and Easy we move money. up to 13th. So what that does mentally for the team is incredible, considering that, like I say, the last time we played Leicester, it was a 4-0 drubbing, and I think we were bottom of the league at that point. So we've come yeah. a long way, and I'm, I'm believing, I'm definitely believing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think we're all, you know, it's only five points. It's only two wins, but actually being 13th means, you know, it's visually mm. astounding, I think, after the uh, start. But I think it goes to show that if we had assigned some of those lone players, if we had kept a little bit more of the unit together after last season, and I understand why we didn't and, and, and that, but I just think, imagine where we could be, you know. It's taking Cooper what? Let's say four and a half months to rebuild the, the atmosphere, the, the kind of the team and the bond that we had last season. Imagine if we didn't have to wait four and a half months for it. Well, what what's most impressive about all of that um, is he didn't have to rebuild the atmosphere in connection with the fans that remained constant throughout and he got the support yep. and backing from them, which was essential and also helped the team. And I think it's actually helped fast track the team um, because <laughs> they see the support, uh, which has been phenomenal, really you know, ever since Scoop took over. So um, I don't think, I think a lot is to be said about the success at the minute with Forrest. And a lot of that is credited to Steve Cooper. A lot of it's credited mm. to the players, but most of it to me is credited to the fans because not many clubs, it takes a very special connection for a club to back the manager, be at bottom of the table, four nil down and it worked and it paid off. So yeah, yeah. Nice, nice one lads. And, and ladies, not, yeah. that, let's not be sexist. And ladies. Um, yeah, so flying into this weekend, we've got a, a standard Saturday three o'clock kickoff against Bournemouth. It is, it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll right now put my house, put my put my cards on the table and say I'll take a point um, <sighs> for no other reason than to keep kind of keep the run going, um, especially after what happened last time we played Bournemouth. But I have 
no doubt that Steve Cooper is going to go there and try and get the win, which I am absolutely thrilled about, um, which is something I think he tries to do in every game, which is always commendable. But um, I think it'll be a tight game for obvious reasons. But I, I think we're not playing the Bournemouth team that beat us before the World Cup and they're not playing the Forest team that lost before the World Cup this time. So, yeah, I'm, I'd, snatch, I'd snatch a draw right now but I'm, I don't want to say expecting, that's too much. I think I'm, I'm predicting a win. Mm. JJ, how about you? Um, I would always take a point away in the Premier League, mm. who, whoever the opponent is. Um, however, I think now's the time to go in for the kill with Bournemouth. I think they've had their new manager bounce and now they've remembered that they're not very good. Um, and I think they're on a slippery, slippery slope. I also really want to win because I think we massively owe them one. Um, last yeah. season, they cancelled because a bit of their fucking roof fell off or whatever it was. Then on uh, the replay, we should have had a penalty and that ultimately cost us automatic promotion, which I was very, very yeah. angry about um, because it was a penalty. Um, and then this this season, they've obviously came, we were 2-0 up and they came back to win 3-2. And it was a very low moment in, in our season. So they have become a little bit of a bogey team. Uh, so I feel like we do owe them one. And I think, again, similar to the Leicester one where you look back at the 4-0 and think that was a big moment. Let's rectify it in the sort of second bit. I think the 3-2 is your team talk. I think that, that gives Steve Cooper everything that he needs to say, look what happened last yeah. time. Let's let's put this to bed. Let's put this right. Um, so I am predicting a win. I don't think Bournemouth are great at the minute. Obviously, any away game is going to be difficult. Our away form isn't fantastic. But now's the time to go for it. Ride the high. We're in a semi-final next week. We've got a very good record. Recently, we're 13th. We're five points clear. There's no better time to just go for the kill. So I'm going for a 3-0 uh, myself. 3-0. 3-0. Jesus. Uh, I'm going to go 1-0. Can I just say I said 2-0 less there and that came off. So, you know. Ah, uh, true. And 1-1 one, one Chelsea. Fingers crossed. So we're on, said, yeah. on fire yeah. lately. Fire. Absolute fuego. Well, we're going to round, round this uh, episode up with a little bit of transfer talk. So what's happened since is the long predicted transfer of Danilo in. Uh, again, I, I I refuse to watch YouTube highlights of, of footballers because on YouTube highlights, everybody looks good because that's the point. Um, but, you know, it's, it's decent money. It's a long-term contract. He's obviously got potential. So, um, you know, I think Ryan Yates is going to be out for at least a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of games. So you can slot straight in there. I expect to see Freuler maybe pushed a bit further forward if he is a defensive midfielder. Again, excited to see Freuler play further up with the ability he has. So I, I, there's no there's no losses with that transfer at all. Um, none at all. And then the shocking one today that I've seen, well, not, not necessarily shocking, but... Um, Taiwo's out for longer than first anticipated so it looks like we're going for a Chris Wood on loan which he ticks ticks the box for what Cooper wants Cooper likes that that target man playing left wing and they don't call more target man than Chris Wood um, who seems to have been playing forever um, but yeah I think you know if that's if that's the kind of player he wants that's he's probably the kind of top of what we could expect to get while we're playing in the Premier League so you know fair play and fair play for the owners sticking their hands in the pockets again JJ 
Yes. Um, Danilo is excited. I don't think he's been billed as a wonder kid and I don't think he'll have clubs like Arsenal, Monaco, Spurs, etc. scout on him and wanted to sign him if he wasn't very good. Um, so I'm excited for that and obviously he's got the Scarpa connection. So yeah, looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, Chris Wads, really, if you want my honest opinion, it's a no from me, but I, I'm not even going to bother really committing to that because... I've long gone past the point of saying no because Steve Cooper does wonderful things with players. So I can pretend it's a no, but realistically it's a, if Steve Cooper wants him, that's good enough for me. Um, what I do particularly enjoy is when we're linked with people like Ben Brereton Diaz, uh, Giracares or whatever you say his name, blah, blah, blah. The guy from Hull, we've been linked with those championship strikers and the oh. Forest. Uh, uh, yeah, a stupid man or someone. Um, anyway, the Forest fans oh, have yeah, essentially yeah. said, man, yeah. um, no, I don't want him. I want Premier League experience. So we go for Premier League experience in Chris yeah. Wood and they go, no, not Premier League experience. So I don't think you can win. Uh, I think whatever. If Steve Cooper wants him, that's good enough for me. Um, I don't think you'll ever please the entire Forest fan base. No. I, I'm going to predict as of today, Come the end of the season, Chris Wood will have scored eight Forest goals and would have been influential in keeping us up. Um, yeah, bring it on. Uh, certainly rather see him than Kalo yeah. Navas, that's for sure. Well, I think, I think that's the last point I wanted to make on this episode is uh, is around uh, the Dean Henderson injury. Um, every time I read a, anything around that injury, the, the time frame seems to be going up and up and up. Um, you know, if it is four to six weeks, which takes us into uh, what's that? Mid Feb, early March, early to mid March. Is it is it worth considering and maybe asking the question of is he going to join permanently and do we need to go? Out, you know, is there a possibility of going out and finding a first choice goalkeeper now? Um, obviously, being linked with Kalo Navas is 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 really fancy, and I think once upon a time he was a he was a really good goalkeeper, particularly for for Real Madrid. I was watching. I was in the gym the other day watching highlights of the uh, the 3-2 game when Messi held up his shirt at the end and Navas really stopped that from being kind of 10-2 uh, to, to Barca. So, you know, he has had good times. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I personally would really like Henderson. I think he really fits in with Cooper's Cooper's mentality uh, and, and fits in with the team. You see him celebrating, hobbling on one leg, celebrating in front of Lower Bridgeford on uh, on Saturday it was fantastic. So um, I'd hope for Henderson. I, I don't think he'll end up with us next season. So I, I think it's probably worth asking the question and and maybe seeing what's out there now and, and getting that solution in ahead of ahead of uh, next season and bedding them in. If we don't sign anyone, um, when I saw this tweet the other day, uh, if we don't sign anyone, we're one suspension because of a Nazi salute away from Jordan Smith oh, being in goal. Christ, yeah. So suspension, injury, whatever, Jordan Smith will be in net for a Premier League season. So uh, he's a great um, servant to the club. All due respect, he isn't Premier League quality. Oh. Jordan Smith. So Being there a long time doesn't make you a good servant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look, I didn't want to upset him. I don't want him in Premier League. <laughs> you upset uh, me. That's who you've upset. Uh, so Smith. I don't know if it's Kevin Navas is the answer. In the World Cup, he was utterly dreadful. Uh, 
Hennessy has his moments and also has his bad moments. Um, so let's. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I'll. I'll see. I guess I'll see. You've rattled my cage about Jordan Smith. You have. The only thing he's done consistently in the last few seasons is leaked team sheets. <laughs> That's <laughs> allegations there. Speculation. Unconfirmed. Allegations. Don't sue us, Jordan. Right. Well, that that rounds up this episode of the Miss Rolling Podcast. Um, if you're listening for the first time, thank you for finding us. If you've come back again and again and again, we love you very much. You Reds. You Reds. <laughs>